Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Well, how many people here this morning would say that they are a patient person and that they're happy to wait for things? Okay, well, there is more people than I thought would be willing to admit that. And seeing as though we've just come out of the back of Christmas, I'm wondering how many people were happy to wait uh, to, to get their present or whether they kind of had to ask for a couple of sneaky little hints or perhaps you went snooping under the tree or you did the old uh, shape test just to kind of find out what it might be that you were getting. Well, uh, I'm glad that, uh, that my wife uh, put her hand up to say that she wasn't very patient because I, I remember a couple of years ago uh, that uh, it was one of the first uh, Christmases that we got to spend together as a couple and being the super romantic guy that I am thought it would be a great idea to do uh, my own version of the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, now I didn't go and write myself a song and no animals were harmed in the making of, of this but what I did was I went around and I, I got a few uh, different presents that Emma had been asking for plus a couple of sort of joke presents uh, just to kind of, you know, fill out the 12 days. And uh, I soon learnt uh, that my wife is not a very patient person when it comes to Christmas presents, birthday presents, anniversary presents, or any other sort of surprise presents that I, I want to get her uh, throughout the year. She always has to come and ask me uh, for hints. And uh, unfortunately, I caved and we were about three days in. Now, uh, Emma knew that I was using this illustration this morning just to start off my sermon, and she said I could use it on the one condition that I did not use preacher's license to elaborate uh, that it was just her fault that she was impatient, as I, uh, telling the truth, uh, was equally as impatient because I wanted to see her reaction to the amount of effort that I had gone into to, to helping her feel special uh, on this particular Christmas. Now, the best part of it for her was then we actually rewrapped a couple of her uh, favorite presents and she got to reopen them again at our various uh, family uh, Christmas celebrations. And it's probably fair to say that I nailed it, although that's just me. So you'll have to ask her after the service. Now, if you're anything like uh, Emma and I, we're living in a world that is becoming increasingly impatient and we hate to start to wait for things. See, we live in this world where, where it's instant gratification and we can so easily get all the answers that we want right now. And see, we do get impatient and we hate waiting, right? See, we, we can, uh, with all the advantages of technology, we can plug in uh, addresses into a GPS to find the quickest route to get to somewhere so that we don't have to wait in traffic. Or we can type our question into Google or ask Siri or Alexa uh, because they will have the answers to the questions that actually probably don't have much meaning to our life, but we just want to know. Or, or we have access to, to all these various streaming services uh, like Binge and Stan and a whole bunch of others uh, because we want to uh, watch our favorite shows now. We, we want to binge watch them without having to wait uh, the, the period that it takes for them to normally come out. Now, if you know me well, you'll know that I'm a person that, that loves to study and I, and I love to research and I have a whole bunch of random uh, facts and, and figures and information in my head that means absolutely nothing in general conversation, but it makes me great 
uh, on a trivia team. So if any of you uh, are in a trivia league and need an extra team member, please come and talk to me. Uh, I would uh, be grateful for the opportunity. Uh, but a lot of the time it's just useless, useless information. So this morning, uh, I actually get a chance to, to kind of share some of that with you on some statistics uh, around waiting. And these are all based on an average person in a, in a lifetime. And some of you will probably be able to resonate uh, with a large majority of, of these uh, waiting situations this morning. You see, the average person spends an hour a day waiting in line. And that works out to be about two to three years in a lifetime. The average person spends two weeks waiting at a red light in a lifetime. The average person spends 43 days on hold uh, on the telephone. Uh, so if you've ever needed to do insurance, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, so 43 days in a lifetime. The average person spends 20 months of our lives waiting for our parents and children. And some of you are probably thinking that's very conservative because you thought that it was longer than that as you're waiting to come to church this morning. Uh, the average person waits 17 months of their life waiting for food to be cooked. Now, I didn't get the stats on deliveries like uh, DoorDash or Uber Eats, uh, but the average person uh, waits five and a half months of their life waiting for technology. So that, that loading bar at the bottom or the, the uh, circle of doom. And the average person waits through adverts for their favorite shows 4.2 months during their lifetime. And the average person will wait almost four months in a lifetime waiting for the kettle to boil. Now, just, just based on these statistics, uh, I did the maths and strong point. Uh, maths is, is not a strong point of mine. Uh, but I, I worked out that that's around about seven and a half years of waiting in a lifetime for an average person just, just for those things. So no doubt it would be a lot longer if we added some other things. Now what this means is the average person, male and female in Australia, lives to about 83 and a half years, which means that we spend 11% of our lives waiting for menial things. And uh, of the sur surveys that I've read and, and kind of researched for this morning, uh, I read that one in eight or 12% of people claimed that waiting times have doubled over the last 10 years. You see, we will wait for the doctor. We wait for someone to return a call or an email. We wait on transport. We wait on for the right person to come along. We wait for the shower temperature to be just right before we step in. Or maybe that's just me. And uh, we wait for our coffee to brew and, and see all of these things will eventually work out and, and generally for good uh, so that they're actually worth the wait and, and we enjoy the outcome but what about these we wait to say I'm sorry we wait to call a sick friend or family member we wait to forgive and we wait to say I love you but, but here's the kicker this morning, and for many of us here and for, for many Christians, we, we actually get impatient and we start to struggle to wait on God. And, and maybe this morning you find yourself here and you're in God's waiting room and, and you're waiting for him to open a, a literal door, and whether that's uh, the door to a new job, a house, 
or a car, or, or you're waiting for him to answer a prayer that you've been praying for a while, or, or you're just waiting on, on him for just the next season in general for your life. You see, the most difficult answer for us is not the yes or the no, but the just wait. And, and see, then the struggle comes that if if we've been waiting for a while, we, we, we tend to take the matters into our own hands and we try to fix it ourselves and we do get impatient. And worst of all, there is the possibility we start to lose our faith in God. And see, it might be uncomfortable with these confronting questions and statements this morning, but you know what? I've been there too. In actual fact, I'm... I'm there right now as, as I wait on God to give me an answer for what it is that he has for me in, in this next season as I go back to looking for work and a bunch of other circumstances that, that Emma and I are going through right now. So God has actually challenged me on a really personal level through this word this morning and I hope that he does the same to you. This, this morning we're going to take a look together as we continue this Summer Psalms series Uh, at Psalm 62, which was a psalm that was written by David. And it says this, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence. Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in exhortation or put vain hope in stolen things. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. So so how do we wait well on God? How do we increase our faith in the waiting? What is this psalm telling us this morning? This morning, I've got four points that God's kind of put on my heart. Firstly, uh, waiting implies resting in Him. And we read this in verse 1, Truly my soul finds rest in God. And then it's echoed again in verse 5, Yes, my soul finds rest in God. See, David actually wrote a lot about waiting on God, and it was such an important aspect of his life. And we hear quite a lot that David is referred to as the man after God's own heart. You see, right from the start of this psalm, David is saying to rest. 
to wait. And the Hebrew word that David is using here speaks of four things. It's resting, expecting, reflecting, and observing. Resting, knowing that his plans and his purposes will be fulfilled. Expecting that God is behind the scenes working for our good and for his glory. Reflecting how God has been faithful in the past, giving us confidence that he will be faithful in the present as well as into the future. And observing God's activities in the lives of others around us, which brings us hope and peace. And see, this last one, observing, is, is not about getting jealous about what other, people's, other people might be receiving and what you are not. And uh, I've been guilty of that in this past season too, where I've just wanted God to answer my prayer while he's answering everyone else's. And I have no idea what is going on. You see, we need to understand that this is not our blessing. It's theirs. So we need to celebrate that with them. Give thanks with them and be hopeful that ours is coming because he's a good God who delivers what he says he will. And as we rest in him, the waiting times are molding times. He is using the time to shape us. And whilst it may feel incredibly painful and uncomfortable, there is a reason beyond what we may see, know and understand. You see, the waiting times with him are not wasting times. He is still moving in the midst of our circumstances and knows exactly what we need when we need it to fulfill his purpose and plan for our lives. Often when God's taking too long, we we may think that he has forgotten about us when the truth is he hasn't at all. It just wasn't or isn't our time yet. He didn't or hasn't forgotten about us at all. There was or is just a work he needed to do or is doing in order for us to be where we need to be to receive it. We don't just wait on God either. See, there's times where God's actually waiting on us. And we read this in Isaiah 30 verse 18 where it says, So the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion for the lord is a faithful god blessed are those who wait for his help you see there is a special blessing from god when we wait on him when we trust in him see that's the second thing this morning waiting involves trusting in him in, in verse 1, we see my salvation comes from him. And verse 5, my hope comes from him. Again, David is, is echoing this and he does this quite a lot to emphasize his points. You see, often in our most frustrating, frustrating time of waiting, it's because we need help. And, and whether it's financial, health, family, or just life and situation in general, and, and through the word salvation and hope, we have all the help we need by trusting in God. See, David is emphasizing something else really important through this psalm, and it's something really personal. And it comes again through just that, that repetition. And it's the word my appears 15 times. 
my soul, my salvation, my rock, my fortress, my hope, my honor, my refuge. So let me break it down for you like this, this morning. If he is your rock, what storm can overtake you? If he is your salvation, what circumstances could deject you? If he is your refuge, what enemy can pursue you? If he is your fortress, what enemy can defeat you? In case you missed it, let me phrase it a different way. When you trust him as your rock, trust him as your salvation, trust him as your refuge, trust him as your fortress, then you will not be moved either. See, trusting him gives you standing power, staying power, waiting power. So the other, the other part of this is in verse 8 where we read, Trust in him at all times, you people. And these are words that I think we need to circle for all times. Not, not just when we're waiting and wondering and not just when things are going good or bad. All times. See, too many times we want to take matters into our own hands and we don't wait long enough for God to answer, to, to come through or to step in on our behalf. Now, now I'm not saying that there's times where we need to take the initiative because we obviously need to be hunting for houses and, and applying for jobs. But sometimes we just jump in headfirst way too quickly before even checking anything else and trusting on God. See, waiting on God means trusting, being confident and focused on who God is and what he is doing. It means trust and confidence in his wisdom, love, timing, and provision. It means knowing and trusting his promises, his purposes, his power, and his faithfulness. Now, now Jason Ellsmore, who is our senior pastor here at Gateway Baptist, is actually going to be preaching here next week so a nice little plug for him but he, he said this a, a couple of weeks ago in a, in a message that i heard is that god's eternal plan trumps our personal desires so give him the time he needs to work that's faith the word wait itself actually means to demonstrate confident expectation or hope and when we wait on God, it means that we have a confident expectation and hope in Him. And even when the answers aren't coming as quickly or as planned or as we want, we need to stay in that place of confident expectation and trust in God. And as we trust in God, we need to call out to Him from that position of confident expectation. See, waiting includes calling out to him. That's the third thing this morning. And in verse 8 we read, Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. See, God is not only wanting to hear from you, he is not only waiting to hear from you, he's wanting to hear from you. The, the word pour here indicates a heart that is full of grief and it's almost scared to empty itself before God. Don't hold anything back from God. Call out to Him and tell Him everything that is hurting 
you. See, God already knows, but he actually wants to engage with you. He wants to engage, wants you to engage with him. Lay bare to him what it is that you need and open your heart to him because he cares deeply for you and longs for a relationship to provide for you because you are his child. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And see, when we're, when we're in the waiting and the wandering phase, it's actually so easy to fake how we're actually feeling and how we're actually going, right? We, we, we tend to make everything look good on the outside and we kind of throw away statements like, oh, she'll be right, or it'll all work out. And maybe we even throw out the, oh, God's got it. But on the inside, we're hurting and we don't actually mean it or believe it. See, call to him, come before him with what you need. Humble yourself before God in prayer. And in that seemingly hurtful position of calling out to him, use this time of praying to invest in joyful anticipation. In verses 11 and 12, one thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. And just, just a little side note here, I think so often in prayer where we're so, it's almost inbuilt into us that we, we want to talk to God and we don't often listen. So it tends to become a one-way conversation. And I love that David kind of talks here about an old adage that God gave us two ears and one mouth. So we're designed to listen more than we talk. But that's just by the by. See, you and I may not see anything good in waiting for what we so desperately need and want, but we don't currently have, and we aren't actually sure if or when it will arrive. But we need to invest in joyful anticipation. We need to be joyful in the wait. You see, that same joyful anticipation that, that I mentioned that Emma had when she was waiting and, and that same joyful anticipation that I had when I was waiting for her to open the presents, that's the same joyful anticipation that God is wanting from us when we're waiting on Him, knowing that He will bring all things together for us because He loves us. See, we should be full of joyful anticipation because God has never failed. He has been faithful before and promises to always be faithful. So whenever we need to wait on God, let's make our expectation one of joy. Bernard Bagley wrote, Let me discover the pleasure of anticipation. Give me what it takes to wait without complaining. Show me that there is more faith in waiting for what is unseen than believing what is in front of my eyes. See, this idea of waiting is not new, and it's actually a pretty common theme uh, through a lot of the biblical narrative. And in case you didn't pick it up, let me point out a few. Abraham waited for a promise to be fulfilled for 25 years. Rebecca waited for 20 years to conceive. 
Joseph waited in prison to find out what his purpose was for 13 years. Moses, Caleb, and Joshua waited in the wilderness in the hope of God's promise for 40 years. Job waited through suffering. David waited to be king at the appointed time, the guy who wrote this psalm. And Daniel waited for breakthrough in prayer. Probably the most significant time of waiting was was the intertestamental period, which is the period between what we read in the last bit of the, the Old Testament and the start of the New Testament. And, and people here were waiting for 400 years to hear from God or to see a sign that God was still around. But you see, when, that, when the wait was over at the end of that 400 years, the ultimate promise was fulfilled. Even Jesus, who was this ultimate promise fulfilled, had to wait for 30 years to start his ministry until the timing was just right. And see, that wait was worth it because Jesus became the man who died for you and me, who took our sins and gave us so much grace and our ultimate salvation so that we could come into relationship with him. And yet we get so upset about the weight on earthly things like our possessions that actually ultimately mean nothing in the view of eternity. And I'm not downplaying your situation this morning at all. But as I sat and I wrote this message and I was reflecting and I was praying, God kind of put on my heart this view of praying in the view of eternity, from the eternity perspective. And 12 years ago, I made the decision after some, some stuff happened in my life, even, even after growing up in, in a church family, in a Christian family, to, to walk away from God. I, I wanted nothing to do with Him. I wanted nothing to do with church. And I wanted nothing to do with the whole Christianity thing. And, and there was people that were, that were praying and waiting and they were praying and they were waiting despite seeing my life spiral out of control. They continued to pray and wait. And I remember thinking to myself at the time that it was just a waste of their time. I don't know why they bothered. And it didn't matter. I didn't care. But, but there came a time where my life had spiraled so out of control that I had nothing left. I, I didn't want to be here. I was ready to give up. But God spoke to me and he called me home and, and I was sitting uh, up the back there about two rows from the back. And he challenged me and, and I surrendered at that moment my life back to God. See, these people prayed and they waited and they prayed and they waited because they knew that my life mattered. My eternity mattered. These were the same people that prayed for 15 years to see my brother come back into relationship with him. And a couple of weeks before Christmas, for those of you that were here, you would have seen him standing in faith in the waters of baptism. And in a moment that was significant for my family, I had the opportunity to baptize him and he was the first person that I was able to do that with. 
And now he sits here in church with his four kids so that their lives can be changed. See, these people waited and they prayed and they waited and they prayed for him because they knew that his life mattered. His eternity mattered. Their eternity mattered. And, and sadly, some of these people didn't get to see these prayers answered because they, they passed away. But what I learned is that when they're praying and they're waiting and they're praying and they're waiting, they were praying generational prayers. They were planting the seeds of faith because they knew that God would ultimately still answer their prayer regardless of whether they were here or not. And I'm incredibly humbled to know that some of them prayed that I would be doing what I'm doing right now because they believed that that was God's gift for my life. That I get to stand here and I get to open the word and I get to share it with you. I get to share the good news of Jesus and the love and the hope and the faithfulness of God because your lives matter. Your eternities matter. And some of you here this morning are probably in that position where you've been waiting and praying for a family member or a close friend to come back into a relationship with God. Can I encourage you this morning to keep going? Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep waiting. Because those prayers will be answered. And see, what I've, what I've learned from, from their example and from looking at the stories of the heroes of the faith that I just said before and, and in my own journey, I've learned this lesson. And if you take nothing else away from the message this morning, I pray that you hear this. In our waiting, when God is seemingly silent, He's preparing perfectly, purposefully, and powerfully, and it is worth the wait. Let me say that again. In our waiting, when God is seemingly silent, He's preparing perfectly, purposefully, and powerfully, and it is worth the wait. I, I don't know where you, you are in your season of waiting this morning, or, or if you are waiting for anything at all, but I'm, I, I, I've got to be honest, you will, there will be times in our journeys of faith that we will find ourselves in God's waiting room, waiting for Him to answer the prayers that only He can answer. See, whatever season you are in and whatever it is that you're waiting for or whenever you are waiting for something, Remember this this morning, that waiting on God implies resting in Him. It involves trusting in Him. It includes calling out to Him. And it's about investing in joyful anticipation. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you, or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.